Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, after a month away, are we ready for some tech gumbo? Yeah, you've been traveling, I've been traveling, and so we're going to get a show in or two before I head out to Korea. So before we go any further, we do want to introduce our guest with us this week, Jordan Uwe. Welcome to Tech Gumbo. Thank you so much. Really, really happy to be here. Excited to uh, be on the show. And so Jordan, what are your technology credentials? What do you bring to the table? Oh, uh, so actually I'm a software engineer. I actually graduated at OSU in 2016 uh, with a software engineering degree. And then I'm kind of like a video game enthusiast, do like general tech news, follow up tech on YouTube, and I'm excited to just talk tech with you guys. Awesome. Glad to have you, man. Absolutely. So let's get started. As we like to with news and updates, start off with Mark Zuckerberg and the boys and girls over at Meta are absolutely going after the Twitter killer. This is something that we've been talking about for a long time, is what's going to come next after Twitter. And so... Facebook and Slash Meta has had something in the works for a while now. They're getting closer to it. It's called Threads. The, their first mention of it was on their blog back in 2019, but apparently they're getting much more serious about it now. The market looks ready. There have been other people who have had their apps, Blue Sky, Mastodon, exist, but neither one of them seem ready for the big time yet. And that's one of the things that a Meta product really could be is it could have the size, it could have the scale, it could have the marketing, and Facebook sees themselves as ready to strike. Well, I think the thing is, with most meta products, the thing that you tend to realize is that I don't feel like they ever truly, like, maybe take over the entire, I guess, market share or whatever it is that they're they're trying to copy. So, you know, they copied Snapchat stories, they copied TikTok with Reels, they've copied, and now obviously they're going after Twitter. And although, you know, I would say that some people would say that, you know, the, those other apps like Snapchat, like TikTok have more, like, maybe cultural appeal than like other things. I feel like Meta always ends up really taking at least a piece of the market share somewhere there. So it's just like very interesting to see how that'll go. It is a great time because people are hating Twitter right now. So. Oh, by the way, they bought Instagram and they bought WhatsApp. So 
true. The only thing that they have ever really created was Facebook. And so, yeah, they definitely have this precedent for making a clone of the instance. And so having this thing that they can do, having something else they can copy, having something else they can put their label over the top of, we really have the potential to see, is this the, the Twitter killer? And not to be outdone, the owner of Twitter said, Meta can zuck my tongue. Which was a reference to a controversial incident in which the Dalai Lama told a child to suck my tongue or something like that. But Twitter's new CEO also said, game on, like she's ready for the challenge. She is there to be the serious person in the room, and I continue to wish her luck at that. Whenever you have Musk sitting there saying ridiculous things, it's hard to take the company seriously until there is... Consistent, sustained, good decisions and positive PR. It's hard to believe that Twitter will survive in the long term. But yeah, this we're, we're going to continue to follow this because it'll continue to be interesting. So is this time? I know you said earlier we suck my tongue is from the Dalai Lama, and the reason why he's using it is because the Dalai Lama is supposedly like rumored to be on this platform. Is that the case? Not no, no. Oh, okay. It would be interesting to have on a platform. I think they're trying to add a bunch of. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, that was something definitely before. Right. Yeah, I think that's just must trolling. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we'll see how this plays out. We'll keep keep an eye out for the meta threads coming to a platform near you. Next up, the IRS is finally going to put out their own online tax filing system to take on the TurboTax, something we've been talking about for years here on Tech Gumbo. This is something wherever New York State has a product, wherever you can do your New York State taxes for free online. And so there is precedent for this. You do have some of the other states to have their own product. And that's, you know, a lot of the, the simpler tax returns can be done pretty quickly, pretty easily online. And you don't have to go to those private services for them because they're not that complex. Do we think that it's going to be actually free, not like TurboTax free? TurboTax, we said, you know, is... Although it says it's free, there's like certain things that you cannot do for free, but it makes money from like, you know, not basic documents. right? Um, so TurboTax, they make their money by having that float on the on the tax refunds. When the IRS releases the, the refunds to TurboTax, they keep it in their bank for three days and they make a float on that interest. And then they give you the money back for your refund. So if you get 100,000 people who've done their taxes with TurboTax and they all get a $100 refund, then they've got all that money sitting in that account for three days making it float, and they don't make much money in selling the software. Well, they also have the services wrapped around it. They have the live accountant that you can talk to. They have the different premium upgrades that you can go after. But that's very much wherever their base model is at. So it's not trying to be profitable as that simplest one is all the upgrades on top. But, but the assumption would be that that this, this IRS software would be actually free, like completely. That's my guess they would tell you ahead of time that these are the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need something more complex, we recommend you go to an accountant. But for most people, if you just have your standard W-2 or whatever, that a lot of that traditional routine wrote type of accounting paperwork can be done through this for free. Absolutely. You put in 
here's how much I made. Here's how much I owe. Here's what, here's my checking account. If you to deposit my refund, if here's how much, okay, I owe money. Here's my credit card to pay for it. Move on. It's one page. I know that earlier we'd also made the comparison between like the USPS and like FedEx and like UPS. And I think that the thing that you mentioned that was very interesting was what if the IRS releases instead of like not just software, they release like a public API that could be like very useful for maybe those more uh, premium softwares to use. Having public APIs released, well, not public, but maybe even like paid APIs for those companies to use there even then like would be more standardized maybe and be like a lot easier to, for sure, easier to use and more user. To draw out further that metaphor of comparing it to FedEx or UPS with USPS being the, the public version, USPS, the public service, will deliver to anyone, anywhere, as regardless of how much profit they make, right. whereas FedEx and UPS will make the deliveries specifically to make it profit. And mm-hmm. so they work together sometimes. They're part two legs of the same trip. And so that can be what happens here is that these private companies will have the free version, you know, they will just directly plug into that and they will build their services on top. And that's wherever they will have their money. That's where they bring their values. They say, oh, you know, the free version from the government is going to be very bare bones. It'll get the job done. But if you have questions, if you, you know, want to have it double checked, if you need all those other things, that's wherever TurboTax is still going to say that they need to just because they bring something, but it's the on top of in addition to that is the paid service that they would still find value in. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense for sure. So the next thing we wanted to talk about, Gannett, the company that publishes the USA Today amongst a whole lot of other newspapers, they are now suing Alphabet, the parent company to Google, because apparently Google has a monopoly on digital advertising. Is that a newsflash? This is something that has been very true for a long time, that Gannett is not the first person to argue that the ad model has changed and that Google is absolutely in control of it. Google knows they're in control of it and is taking steps to alter it in certain ways. We've talked about how Google is changing the types of data that they collect about you to build their profiles differently because they know that it would force people to use the Google model. And so you also have other instances of publishers getting into arguments with these digital giants in Australia, a year or two ago, they sought to levy a tax against Facebook because so much of news in Australia was going through Facebook and wasn't going directly to those news platforms. And I think what you're seeing here is that these giants are sucking in all of this traffic through their tubes and through their tunnels and they're profiting off of it. And a lot of the traditional institutions which produce the content aren't seeing the revenue in the same way. And that's what they're upset about. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I feel like definitely the, the thing that you can really look at basically when it comes, when we talk about digital tech giants, right? Of course, Apple's not really that involved right now when we talk about this, but I think mostly the thing that we can think of is like the internet in general. If tomorrow, if either Amazon or Google were that their servers were to go down, you would lose basically half, if not more of the internet completely. And that's, although it's not the typical monopoly Thing that a typical monopoly you think of, that's definitely like it, the feeling there of, of, of someone controlling that much of what we depend every day for our lives is definitely in the vein of what a monopoly is, right? It's not, even though it, it's not by definition the same thing. Right? 
The Gannett CEO, Mike Reed, said that the core of their case and is that Google abuses its control over the ad server monopoly to make it increasingly difficult for the rival exchanges to run any kind of competitive uh, auctions. And the folks at Google said, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they said a little more than that. But I mean, it was basically, oh, we have lots of options out there and other companies can use a lot of different services. We're not that much of a monopoly. We're not a bad guy. Trust us. One of the points that we brought up when we were talking about this ahead of time was that Google basically built the standard for how our ads implemented in browsers. And that's it made sense why they did it. They had to. In order to build this standard, it makes a lot of the internet run in a, in a consistent way, and that's why we have standards in general. But one of the things you see in most other industries is that standards are not owned, maintained, and operated by private companies, but by industry groups. Yeah. And the best example for this is that the people who design Wi-Fi is the IEEE, and they are not a private company. They are an industry group. They're a not-for-profit. And so they're not trying to sit there and have a profit incentive. They are a group of all the engineers who come together to agree on things. And so perhaps these digital tech giants need to have standards that aren't just owned by Google. Because Google has even done this before. Wherever in transit data, whenever you go to Google Maps, originally it was called the GTFS, the Google Transit Feed System. But because they realized that system was so valuable, they open sourced it, and it's now the general transit feed system. And so there's even precedent for Google designing a standard that was so valuable that it became implemented industry-wide, and so they, they pushed it out so the public could maintain it. This could happen here, but this is their profit. This, Google is an ad company first and foremost. And so it's unlikely that they are as magnanimous here as they were in the transit case. Yeah, it's very weird to, to kind of like think about the concept of if you get there first, right, and you are, because you got there first, you have to try and standardize things because you want to make a good product, right? But like, if you did get there first, and because you can, you, you made the standard, now you control the standard because, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you got there first, you, you're allowed to have that much power, but that's just the, the nature of what happened in this situation. So it's, it's very interesting. Speaking of power and, and threats and things of that nature, the, the folks at Reddit have been having quite an interesting time of late. So let's introduce what's happening here. Reddit has never made a profit, and the CEO is trying to turn that around very, very, very quickly. So one of the things that they are going after are third-party mobile applications who access their site. Reddit, for a very long time, only had the mobile browser and did not have mobile apps. And so you saw a lot of third-party apps spring up on both the iPhone and the Android. And eventually, Reddit bought a third-party app, made it first-party, but it was widely viewed as being not very good. And so one of the ways that Reddit is now trying to monetize is they're going to start charging very, very large API access rates for their platform, kind of like what Twitter was threatening to do. Wherever Twitter is going to start charging very high API access rates for people that were trying to use their sites via bots and things like that. But the problem is, is that the turnaround time was going to be way too small for a lot of these third-party apps 
to change their business model to be successful. And the rate that they were charging was also exorbitantly large, such that it was not even close to possible for these apps to still exist. And so it was widely viewed as Reddit intentionally squishing these apps, which a lot of people use, those third-party services. A lot of Reddit traffic is from mobile apps and is not from the main Reddit app. And so this led to a lot of frustration, a lot of ire in the community, because also the CEO's comments have been dismissive, they've been disdainful. And so in response, a lot of these subreddits have gone dark. They've either completely blacked out or they've operated in limited modes in order to protest. And this has been a large fight inside the community as how do you best stand up against this overreach of power? Right, yeah, and I think there's like there's two sides of this, right? One is obviously, you know, it's not great when someone who is in power is telling everyone, well, you know what, it doesn't matter what you guys do, you're gonna come back to my platform anyways. And then there's also the other side of, well, honestly, none of this would be a problem if the Reddit app was just good, right? So the Reddit app is just not favored and not used by many people. That's why the third-party apps are actually used more often and why people are so upset about it because most people use third-party apps on their phone when accessing Reddit. And because the Reddit app itself is not good, it, it, it makes people upset that they're not, that they're gonna start making it basically inaccessible third-party apps for other people. So if there's two things, basically like, you know, don't be, don't be, don't be, I guess, like a jerk to your community. And then the other thing is, make a good app. So. Yeah. And that's, I think one of the things which is special and unique about Reddit is the power that the community has more so than a lot of other places. That Facebook is much more like a smaller level. You're following the people that you know. Instagram started off that way. It's even still uh, a lot of influencer or like high user account pages and a lot of to a user. Whereas Reddit is much more lots of users to lots of users. Mm -hmm. And so your community really is the source of your value as a platform. And so you should treat them well. Yeah. And so the fact that a lot of the moderation for the subreddits is voluntary. The people who go in and they delete those posts that are off topic or that are not contributing or are toxic to the community, all that is done by volunteers who are there because they want to be there and they were the people who said, our protest is going to be to go dark. Mm -hmm. And in response, Reddit CEO threatened to forcefully remove a lot of the volunteers and replace them with yes men who would bring the subreddit back online. And so <laughs> this is continued to wrangle the community because it has very much been about having the moderation in terms of the people who want to be there. And so this is, is really causing issues and it will be fascinating to see, is he ultimately right? Do people give up and move on and just accept that though his view is the right way or will there be long-term protests that cause a change? Because as of right now, he is doubling down and there's no sign that the Reddit CEO is going to back off of the actions that he has set out. And so this is going to be very fascinating. What's fascinating to me is that Reddit came about because another platform like Reddit got stupid and everybody dumped off of their platform and went to Reddit real fast. So Reddit blows up, their stock becomes profitable. The company itself never was, but their stock takes off. And so that's how Reddit has stayed alive is on their stock price. Well, now all of a sudden Reddit's doing the same stupid thing that the previous company does. 
does somebody fill in, oh, like a Threads does against Twitter, and just people move on away from, from Reddit. And I think to draw that link even tighter, the CEO of Reddit has basically cited Musk and cited Twitter. And that the Reddit CEO is looking at as a positive influence. Yeah, as a positive influence. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that is a fascinating thing because is another baffling choice that they did not have to one set the API rates as high as they are, and they two could have just offered a longer period of time. The, they announced this change on June 1 that would happen on July 1. If they would have just pushed it to January 1, 2024, that's in a business context not that long. It, it was very easy to wait that extra six months, and you could have had time to work with your third-party clients and find a solution which makes sense for everyone, and you look like a skilled CEO, but that's just not the route here. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.